the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. These, in my opinion, are two concepts of a wife being a worker at home and being subject to her own husband that have caused a great deal of problems for women. And one reason, I think, is that they don't fully understand what these words mean. I don't think that's the whole thing. I think there's a tendency for women who are believers in Christ to be intimidated by radical feminists and uh, that whole movement. Our society goes against even the truth of this, and yet they, they don't fully understand this. But it's been hard for them to handle. These two concepts found in Titus chapter 2, verse 5, are among the most ridiculed of biblical admonitions. Yet, if understood and applied properly, they are essential components of a healthy society. Sadly, though, people read into these instructions ideas that never entered Paul's mind when he wrote the book of Titus. People hear about Paul's instructions to the young women of Titus Church and they think, what do you mean the women have to stay at home and work all day? Why should the wife have to grovel at her husband's feet? Misunderstanding of this verse has led to a lot of heartache. In fact, Paul would be just as dismayed at the way some men subjugate their wives as he would of the way many wives have abandoned their divinely ordained roles in life. Today and for the next couple of days, Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff will be separating the wheat from the chaff right here in Titus chapter 2. We will see what Paul said and what he didn't say. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Verse by Verse Ministries makes his clear and practical messages available to you each weekday through this great radio station. Class is about to begin, so let's get our Bibles and notepads ready. Here is Pastor Steve with another lesson about the characteristics of godly young women. David Roper, in his book, Helping a Hurting Marriage, tells of a very interesting experience he once had with his family. He writes, a number of years ago, I was with my family at a conference center. Carolyn and I were seated in the lodge waiting for dinner to be served. Right behind the lodge was an embankment which recently had been seated. There were signs posted which said, keep off the bank. Two of our sons, who were then quite young, were playing at the top of the embankment. Suddenly, the director of the conference, who was seated with us, jumped to his feet and shouted, stay off the bank, and ran out the door. To my horror, as I looked out the window, there was one of our boys poised right at the top of the bank. The director was shouting, get off, get off the bank. But down the bank, the boy slid right into his arms, and the director shook him and said, Son, didn't you hear me? Stay off the bank. Of course, David Roper writes, I was mortified. I took him around the building, got out a little switch, and worked him over. I kept saying, Son, didn't you hear the man say, Stay off the bank? As we were walking back, he looked at me with tear-stained eyes and said, Daddy, what's a bank? You know, that little boy had a very difficult time obeying because he didn't understand what uh, what the word bank meant. He didn't understand what was being told to him. And I think, um, and I say that because in a similar way, 
There are many Christian women who fail to obey God in their biblical responsibilities as wives and mothers simply because they don't understand the terms. They don't understand the concepts. They don't understand the words that God has communicated to them about this subject. And two of the key words and key concepts that have been most uh, misunderstood by wives and mothers are found in Titus chapter 2, verse 5. And interestingly enough, that is our study this morning. I'm going to read verses 4 and 5, and before I tell you what those terms are, see if you can pick them out. These are, uh, these are two terms, expressions, and concepts that uh, I think are most misunderstood. Titus chapter 2, uh, verse 4, and I understand the context is older women are to teach younger women in these areas. Uh, that they, meaning the older women, may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be dishonored. Now, if you picked out the expression workers at home and subject to their own husbands, give yourself a star. Because that's really two misunderstood concepts. Workers at home, and that is one, by the way, in the Greek language, which the New Testament was written in, that's one word worker at home, and then subject to their own husbands. And these, in my opinion, are two concepts of a wife being a worker at home and and her being subject to her own husband that have caused a great deal of problems uh, for women. And one reason, I think, is that they don't fully understand what these words mean. Uh, I don't think that's the whole thing. I think there's a tendency for women who are believers in Christ to be intimidated by radical feminists. And uh, that whole movement, um, our society goes against even the truth of this, and yet they, they don't fully understand this. But it's been hard for them to handle. So this morning, what we want to do is explain as completely as we can what these expressions mean and what the implications are and what the applications are. We continue to look at the, and this is our pattern, we're going through Titus, we're in Titus chapter 2, we're continuing to look at godly characteristics of young women. By that, Paul means, though he calls them young women, what he means by that, context indicates this, he means young mothers and wives. So even if you're a a young woman who's not married uh, yet, you might be, you need to listen, you need to pay attention. If you're not in that category and you're an older woman, you need to pay attention because you are to be teaching the women in these areas. And and not just telling them this, but modeling it for them and telling them how to apply these truths to their lives. Anybody can get up and just say, yeah, you're to love your husband. But what does that mean? Yeah, you're to love your children. What, what does that mean? And so we want to we want to look at that. Now, in context, when we turn to chapter 2 of Titus, we see first Paul, and we saw this a few weeks ago, Paul is addressing various age groups in the church and basically telling them to live their lives in such a way that they don't bring reproach upon the gospel, that they live their lives with uh, in, in godliness and good deeds so that the unsaved community would be impressed by the godliness of these people. And so we've looked at older men. Paul had quite a bit to say to older men. We've looked at uh, older women. And um, we are in the process of looking at young women and uh, very nicely timed, not to my credit, but nicely timed next week. And we'll look at the young men. So I think that's most most appropriate. Okay, 
Um, Paul has said, we've looked at several characteristics of a godly young woman. We looked at this last week. Number one, he says that godly young women love their husbands, which means they have a fondness for them. He's not talking about romantic or sexual uh, love here. He's talking about a fondness and affection that they cultivate, quite frankly, not by feelings, but by doing sacrificial acts. Uh, Love is about sacrifice. Love is not about convenience. Love is not about feeling. It is about sacrifice. Secondly, godly young women not only have affection for their husbands, which often has to be cultivated and developed, but they have a love for their children. Once again, the, the term here means an affection for them, even when children are demanding, even when they're disobedient, even when uh, you wonder what genes did these children get? You know, does it, pass, does it miss a generation or what? Where, why are they like this? You are to cultivate a fondness for them, a godly love. Thirdly, we looked at the uh, the thought that Paul says that young women are to be sensible, and that's just um, uh, being sensible. Just just uh, doesn't always go with being young. Uh, young women, young men tend to be a little rash, hasty, and so they need godly older folks to come alongside and to help them on common sense. That's what the thought means: common sense, sane and rational judgments, because. Uh, those who are young often don't have that developed and cultivated, and that's a mark of being young. And so Paul says godly young women develop this sensibility. And finally, we looked at the thought that godly young women are to be pure, which means morally pure, sexually pure, not only in, in activity, but also in thought life, in attitude, in desires and things of that nature. Now today, we want to look at three more characteristics of godly young women. You have your notes. You can fill those notes in. We prepared for you. And we begin with one of those controversial statements. Paul says in verse 5 that she is to be a worker at home. Workers at home. Now, this expression, as I said before, is actually one Greek word, meaning, ready for this? It means to work at home. That's what it means. It means to be busy at home. It's, it's a compound word, to be busy, to be active, to be a laborer, to be a worker, and home. Workers at home. And Paul's point, and watch this, catch this, Paul's point isn't so much to forbid a woman ever having a job outside of the home. I don't think that's Paul's point. I think his point is this, is to say that her priority is to work hard at taking care of her family and home responsibilities. You see, the issue isn't uh, just this, is she at home? But rather, does she work hard when she is at home? You see the difference? It isn't that Paul is saying, stay home, never go out, can't get a job outside the home. The point is, is be a hard worker at home. In other words, is she a hard worker or is she lazy in her domestic responsibilities? You see, a woman can be at home all day long and do very little. Very little. It's not being at home that's the issue. She could be watching soap operas all day or a lot of the day. She could be sleeping quite a bit. She could be on the telephone. She could be doing all kinds of diddly things at home. And uh, so the issue is not is not being at home. The issue is when she's home, is she working hard at taking care of the home? That's that's the Paul's point. Now, why why do I say this with such fervor? Why do I say this with such conviction that that's Paul's point? Because this agrees and is consistent with what Paul taught very clearly in 1 Timothy chapter 5. So let's look back two books to 1 Timothy 5. One of the ways you interpret scripture 
one of the key ways is to interpret Scripture by Scripture. Scripture is the best interpreter of Scripture because God is the author of both. And in first, or, or the author of, of all, uh, of the various Scriptures. In First Timothy chapter 5, let me show this to you, and you'll see that this is really in keeping with what Paul is saying in Titus, and very clearly, and, and he really clarifies this in First Timothy 5. He is talking in context about widows in the church. And he, he has said in chapter 5 that there is a list of widows who, um, who the church financially supported or should support. Uh, these widows were not just uh, women who were supported by the church, but they apparently held like a staff position. There uh, was a ministry of widows. Uh, their husbands had, had died. Uh, they had nobody really to support them. They didn't live in a country like ours in which the government steps in and there are programs and insurance policies and things like that. So when a husband died, a, a widow was just kind of left by herself. And Paul says that um, the church should support them, but not everybody. It was the older women who had lived godly lives and they had to be at least 60 years old and, and so forth. Of course, those older ladies of the church were to be helping the younger ones. And those young ladies are the subject of our class today. Welcome to Verse by Verse. We're glad to have you here with us. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida, is leading us in a series of lessons from Titus chapter 2 about the characteristics of godly young women. If you missed the start of class, stick around when it's over, and I'll tell you where you can hear it again on the Internet. Now let's get back to class so Pastor Steve can put all this together and we should come away with a better understanding of what Paul meant when he said that younger women should be workers at home. And just as importantly, how do contemporary women apply this verse to their own lives? But now he goes to verse 13 and he has to speak about young widows. He doesn't want the young widows. Now he wants the church to take care of them if they need it, but he doesn't want them to have this position. This ministry of widows, he doesn't want them to be like a staff person. And the church, why? He says in verse 13, at the same time, they learn, meaning the young widows, they learn to be idle. As they go around from house to house, and not merely idle, but also gossips and busybodies, talking about things not proper to mention. What's he talking about? These women... These young widows could develop bad habits of laziness as they went from house to house, and instead of imparting wise counsel and rendering assistance to other women, which is the point of them visiting other women, ministering to them, it could end up being a social call, a chit-chat session, and worse than that, a gossip session where they would be busybodies involved in everybody else's life. And Paul says this could and would create problems for the church. That's a bad testimony to have wit women out there from the church gossiping and uh, discussing things and, and getting the church in trouble. Loose talk he's talking about. Instead of beneficial ministry, they're doing the wrong things. And so what's the solution? Verse 14, therefore, Paul says, I want younger widows to get married. I want them to get married. Bear children. Keep house and give the enemy no occasion for reproach. Notice the term keep house. It is a slightly different word, though the same concept, a slightly different word than the one used in Titus 2, and it means to manage the household. Manage the household. In other words, instead of being uh, busy chit-chatting her time in other people, other women's homes, 
She should be at her own home managing the affairs of her household. She is a domestic engineer, an executive at home. And that's her priority. You see, what Paul is saying both in, in uh, First Timothy and, and by way of clarifying this in Titus, the point is that there's a contrast between idleness and diligence. That's the real issue, idleness and diligence. So let's put this together. What does Paul mean? To be a worker at home means to be diligent, active, busy, a person, a woman who takes care of her household responsibilities. And quite frankly, this is challenging. This is hard work. This is really tough. In fact, in Paul's day, a Jewish household uh, typically uh, meant that a married woman had to grind flour, um, bake, do laundry, cook, nurse children, make the beds, spin wool, keep the house, as well as being responsible for hospitality, and uh, taking care of of all the guests that would come through. That was a lot of work. Very challenging. And and it took organizational skills. You just didn't do that. You had to know what you're doing. And that's why Paul calls godly young women to be workers at home. It's a hard, tough job to be busy, to work hard, to be active in her household responsibilities. Not to just be there, but to be a diligent servant at home. Now, Even though, and I know this question must be in your mind, what about a world that we live in? Modern conveniences, appliances that reduce housework? Well, I don't think this changes the scripture. I don't think that changes it at all. Women are still commanded to work hard at home in spite of the fact that we have microwaves and washing machines and dishwashers and things like that. Uh, That doesn't change this scripture. So what we want to ask is this. How can we, and the reason I, I would say, even though there are reductions and, and appliances that help, there's still children to take care of, there's still cooking to do, there's still dirt. Dirt has been with us a long time. There's still dirt to clean. There's still a husband to take care of. There's still beds to make. There's all kinds of things. So just because we can reduce uh, household work in, in some areas, you can't get rid of dirt. It's modern and it's ancient and it's still with us. So, we want to ask ourselves, how can we apply these truth, this truth to today's contemporary young wife and mother? So let me give you several suggestions, practical suggestions I trust, and I would encourage you to write this down. And what, before I, I tell you this, we want to keep in mind that these suggestions are to be uh, made and taught personally and applied by older women who come alongside of the younger women and tell them. I can only just um, tell you some things from the platform here. But I, I, it's not my job, it's the older women in the church's job to help the younger women in, in these areas. So I'll just give some suggestions. And by the way, you understand that's the point of the passage, older women helping younger women. Number one, older women need to exhort young wives and mothers to be well organized to be well-organized. They can give them practical tips on how to keep, for example, a schedule of household chores, a grocery list, a meal planning list. They can give them lessons on time management, just how do you get things done, organizational tips on not wasting time. Organizational tips like don't leave the house in the morning until the house is cleaned and straight. Or do the work that you uh, you like least first. Because we all want to put off the stuff that we don't like to do. 
But one of the things that you want to do is do it first, get it out of the way. It'll give you also a sense of accomplishment for the whole day. Also, another tip, finish one task before you start another. Just practical, common sense. This is where sensibility comes in. Uh, Another thing, planning and thinking through what you're going to cook for supper. What you're going to cook for supper that night. Maybe start after breakfast thinking about this. Uh, This will also help in planning your day so that you know when to be home in time so you have enough time to take care of this. These are things that older women can do, just helping younger women be organized. That's a major thing. With so much to do in the house, how do you get organized when there's so much facing you? Well, you make a list of things, you prioritize, you put one, two, three. Maybe you put A, B, C. Maybe you just put A's over things that you must get done today. B's over things that you would like to get done today. And C's over things that are stretches, but you sure would like to get to it, but you're not sure. It's not a priority if you have to leave it for tomorrow. Just practical stuff like that. Very helpful. Number two, older women can help young women in the area of cooking. Um, There are some young women who were not taught to cook by their mothers. We live in a very different age than some of the, um, the homes that you older women were raised in. I know that was unheard of back then for the most part. How can a mother not be teaching her daughters uh, or daughter how to cook, but believe me, that happens today. So uh, they could need help and advice on that. You could help them. Also, uh, help them on eating habits. Not only, you know, how to cook, but uh, what are nutritionally balanced meals. Number three, older women need to exhort and remind young women just to work hard and not to be lazy. We live in a society that wants to do the least amount of work. So we can do whatever we want to do that's, that we think is pleasurable, and that, that affects the Christian community as well. It's a laziness. Uh, the Bible speaks against laziness. In fact, let, let's look at some passages. Proverbs 31, that uh, great, excellent, virtuous woman. It might be good for you to put a little bookmark there because we'll be referring back and forth to, to her. Proverbs 31. It says in verse 27, She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. This was a diligent worker. You read through Proverbs 31 and you realize this woman worked hard. She was up early. She went to bed late. She took care of her family. But I think it's also not just working hard. You know, you can work hard with a bad attitude. I think older women need to come alongside of younger women and help them in their motives for working hard, help them in their attitudes. For example, um, Colossians 3.23 tells all of us, not just women, but all of us, do your work unto the Lord. And we need to be reminded about that because sometimes it's tedious work that all of us are involved in, especially uh, young women. They do the same things every day, wash and clean and cook and make lunches and do all this stuff. I mean, after all, she might just get discouraged with that. Or well, what elevates that from her work from... Uh, from, let's say, the work of an unsaved person. She is to do her work unto the Lord. And uh, older women are to remind her to do that. She's not just doing it for her husband and her kids. She's doing this for Jesus Christ. The Discovery Channel has a show called Dirty Jobs. I'm always impressed the way the people doing those jobs see themselves as doing something important. 
So, young mom, when you feel unappreciated for all the diapers you change and clothes you wash and the other seemingly routine household chores, remember that even if no one else expresses appreciation for what you're doing, the Lord Jesus appreciates it. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. After all, he did say, Whatever you have done for the least of these, my children, you have done it for me. Thank you for tuning in today to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is leading us in a series of lessons from Titus chapter 2. Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We at Verse by Verse Ministries make his messages available to you, the listener, through this radio station. We are a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners like you who are first faithful to their own churches. If you would like to hear today's class again, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. You will also find previous classes on the archives page, and we have another page where you can sign up for our free podcasting service. That's versebyverseradio.org. Today's class was the start of a three-part message. If you would like to hear the entire message at one time, you can order a CD or a cassette please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. You know, there's nothing wrong with a married woman working outside the home. Proverbs 31 makes that clear. But there are some things to watch out for if you choose to do so. We will hear about those on the next Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.